how to be awesome at prioritizing your state of mind. Let's think about it like this. Protecting your headspace is your number one job every day. As you go about your days, there will be things that are irritating or unfair or unkind, but as we know, we can only control how we respond to these things and how we label them and how they affect us. We are actually in complete control of our minds. At different times of life, we will have more challenges and things to overcome. But if we are always mindful of the fact that getting back to a good headspace is our number one job, it will all be so much easier. As I've gone through a challenging last couple of weeks with Craig in and out of the hospital and having heart surgeries, I've really spent a long time thinking about the power of our state of mind and how the thoughts you allow yourself to think determines the decisions you make and how strong you are. In this episode, we are deciding together that protecting our happy headspace is our number one job and we are making an action plan for how to do it on the daily. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. My goal in this podcast episode is for all of us to walk away realizing just how important our state of mind is. The conversations that go on in our heads literally determine the type of days we have, the interactions we have with people. It is the most important. And I love the idea of protecting your headspace is your number one job because it really should be. The way that we go into different situations and different interactions, the way that we respond and we react has almost completely to do with the state of mind that we're in when we enter the situation or interaction. Plus, it's so easy to get into a funk. And I think it's because most of the time, we're not being hyper aware about our mindset and working to adjust things when they feel off. And I think we should prioritize that above almost everything else. It might mean canceling plans or hibernating for a little bit so you can recalibrate and come back into the world feeling good and strong with a clear and happy mind, right? Because it would be, it's so important. You can keep going through the motions of the day, but if you are in a funk, you're not going to show up the way you want. You're not going to react the way you want. You're not going to talk to people you love the way you want. I think the state of mind that we are in is just so important. The way we think about things, the mood that we're in. I think sometimes we label it as mood, like, oh, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a bad mood. I'm in, I've had a great day. I've had a bad day. But I think it's kind of different than that. I think it is prioritizing your happy headspace prioritizing your state of mind and being so aware, like knowing this is my number one job and that is not a selfish thing at all. Even if you have lots of things and responsibilities or people to take care of or babies or a big job, whatever it is, you you protecting your happy headspace is literally a gift to everybody else because then you are showing up when you're hyper aware and constantly working on it, you're showing up 
in the best version of yourself, the best form of yourself. Over the last few weeks, I have spent so much time in the hospital with Craig, and not just in the hospital, but in the areas of the hospital where many of the patients are in bad shape. We've been in the ER, we've been in the ICU, we've been in the cardiac um, ER, we've been in the cath lab before surgeries, we've been in the cardiac recovery zone, we've been in the surgery centers, we've been in all the places where people who are um, in the worst shape of the hospital are at. And then after doing that and, you know, naturally you overhear things or just people coming by or nurses and doctors, a lot of the things, especially when you're in an ER situation, you're not in your own room. You're just divided by curtains. So you kind of have a pulse of what's going on. And it's just so heavy to be literally for the last 14 days um, around so much sadness and seeing people dealing with such health struggles, man, it really gives you perspective. And when you walk out of there, it's like a breath of fresh air. And it just, it really makes you realize how worth it it is for us to prioritize our headspace for so many reasons. I think that just, I think that we can stress ourselves sick. And I think we can also make ourselves well just by the stress that we put on our body and having a happy headspace doesn't just mean better days. I really think it means overall better health for us. So I've been in the hospital in the saddest areas of the hospital with Craig, and this has really been um, my life for many, many years, but really in the here and now, the last 14 days straight. And then I come home and I'm working with my kids to help them deal with their emotions and their state of mind in the healthiest way we know how. So being straightforward with them about what's going on, but also in a softened kid way, and just let them feel the emotions. Sometimes they want to talk, and other times they're they're shut down, and other times their behavior is a little off. And I just know that it's part of it's part of the process, right? But the way I've been able to do this, going from the hospital to managing my own emotions and the kids, is through the ups and the downs and the uncertainty, is that knowing my state of mind that I'm in is literally everything. And knowing that we are in complete control and we can control our thoughts. I'm going to get into a little bit more about feeling all your feelings because this is absolutely not about suppressing your feelings. It is about making a conscious decision to control your mindset when you need to. So you know how sometimes when an emergency happens, people can sometimes freak out and freeze and not be able to help in the way that they could that would really help a situation. And I think that that's natural. Of course, whatever's going on is shocking. But I think that if we're able to practice on the daily, kind of like you know strengthening a muscle in the gym, um, that's why I love getting uncomfortable and pushing ourselves. But in this case... It's really more about training yourself to control your thoughts. Example, say you think somebody in your friend group maybe said something about you because someone else kind of said something that maybe could have meant that, but you're not sure and you spend all this time and you talk to your spouse about it and you're uh, going back and forth. Here's the thing. Unless you're going to really talk to them directly about it, it sounds like it was probably something little and it's just 
not worth getting yourself all worked up, especially because a lot of the time, so many of these little things that we worry about, A, don't matter. B, it probably is misconstrued. Let's give people the benefit of the doubt. And C, we probably will never really know. So by when things like that kind of pop up, I control it. I just decide, is this a big deal? Should I have an honest conversation with them? Or is it something you should just let it go? And 90% of the time, 99% of the time, honestly, it's like, let's just let it go. Let's control our mindset. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt, even if it's like super irritating and just close the chapter on it. And I do this all the time because I think it's just exercising that muscle of I'm going to control my thoughts right now. That's not something that's worth giving energy in this moment. So we're just going to let it go and move on. I think by having that, it allows you bigger when bigger things happen and you might just want to completely cry and crumble and collapse. It's like, okay, there's a moment for that, but it's not right now because this is an emergency and I need to be able to function. Or maybe it's not that serious, but maybe you're in an argument with your spouse and you're able to control your thoughts enough to not say something you don't mean or scream or just like start bawling uncontrollably. It's more like, I'm going to control my thoughts right now. I'm going to control my emotions. Not everything has to happen at this moment, right? Like what, what is the best, what's the best way to handle this right now? doesn't mean you have to suppress it. doesn't mean you have to be fake. It's just a matter of knowing that the state of mind that you're in is literally everything and you can control it. So as Craig has been, um, only, only a few more little topics because this is not an episode about being in the hospital. I've done enough about that. But just sharing, I think, a very interesting perspective on this. So last, last part about the hospital, promise. Um, but as I was going through these like 14 days of in and out of the hospital, managing my emotions and the kids' emotions, it was often the trickiest when we were going to bed right? Because my day finally is like, okay, nobody needs me. I'm laying down. When Craig was in the hospital, um, the two littler kids always want to be in my bed. So that's when we're winding down. And that's usually when, you know, like you're, 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 you're only left with your own thoughts. So when you tend to think about things and my sweet little Parker, who I think has taken this the hardest, this go round was very, um, not um, crying, but and very calm and collected, but would ask me very heavy um, thoughts like, so the night before he went into his recent surgery, this is what this was, the night before. So of course, for me, it's like, don't think about what if, don't think about what if the worst case, I'm telling myself, like controlling my thoughts. And then Parker says, mom, just one question before I go to sleep. If someone goes to heaven, can I still text them? And it's like, I mean, try not to lose it when your just barely six-year-old asks you that when your husband is about to go into heart surgery, because obviously I know, okay, he's thinking about what happens if the worst case happen, it happens, what happens if daddy doesn't make it through, can I still text him? Like he's just trying in his own way to work through all this. And I know that I need to be strong for him. And it's like, first of all, how do you even answer that question? And for a little boy who's scared and about to go to sleep, um, 
And a lot of times I really try to always be very honest with my kids, like honesty over everything. But I think in these situations where everyone just needs a little comfort, I said something like, um, you know, heaven is a magical place and we believe in magical things kind of thing just to just make him kind of go to sleep feeling like a deep breath, like it's just okay. Like it will be okay. But also in my mind, of course, then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, he's thinking that. How do I not completely lose it? And I'm, I'm it's like, no, at this moment, I'm the rock. Craig depends on me. The doctors, you know, are depending on me for the communication because now we're at Cedars before we were at Hogan, Newport Beach. Now we're at Cedars in LA, completely different, completely different networks, doctors, everything. So trying to get all the all the things lined up. We have, you know, three doctors now at Cedars and like six at Ho because this case is so complicated. That's a big job. I just know, and my emotions, the kids' emotions, Craig's emotions, this is not the moment for me to have a good cry. It's just not. There will be time, but this isn't the time. Control your emotions, hug your babies, everything will be good. And when I find myself thinking, okay, what if the worst case happened? Like, if the worst case happened, I started picturing myself laying on the floor and thinking I wouldn't even be able to get off the floor. I just pictured myself crying on the floor and not being able to get up. And then I tell myself, we're actually going to control our thoughts right now. And we're not allowing that. We're just not allowing it. And I stop. I stop because I know in that moment, no amount of stress or anxiety is going to change the outcome the next day. It's just not. And by thinking positive and being strong, it helps everybody. I am a big believer that you have to feel all the feelings and like I mentioned, not suppress things. So it is a very fine balance, of course, but it's a matter of not allowing yourself to give effort or energy towards something that you can't change in that moment. And I think a lot of us do this in little ways all the time. Maybe you feel like a co-worker has it out for you and you think they think this and this about you, but in reality, you'll never really know. And also their opinion of you just doesn't matter. In the long game, it's irrelevant. So it's a matter of controlling your mindset and not giving energy to things that you can't change by just not worrying about it. Controlling your headspace. The minute the thought comes in, F them. Well, I bet she thinks this, or I bet she's looking at me because of this. Like, it just doesn't matter, and you'll never know. The other side of this is recognizing how you feel and figuring out what you need to get back to happy. That's the question. How do I get back to happy? If you are super annoyed or irritated or in a negative mood, Rather than still living through all the things you need to do that day, I think it is so much more beneficial to pull back and figure out what you need to get your mind right again. It would be much better to, you know, not get the grocery shopping done that day than to go into a crowded grocery store. You have to circle a couple times to park and then everything's crowded and someone bumps into you like, why? You will likely get more irritated because you walked in there irritated. It's much better to skip something, cancel plans, or hibernate instead of continuing on. I think because we know 
This is our number one job. Our headspace is the most important. Everything else can pause. We can be a little late on things because if we don't get back to a happy headspace, it's not going to be its best anyway. And you will just have overall better interactions with everyone in your life. Oftentimes when we have arguments or disputes with people, it's not actually about something that happened. It's about the state of mind that we were in when we entered the encounter. So let's talk about actual action items we can do when we know we need a mind reset. One of the things that I think works the very best is to pick a song or create a playlist. And if you're like me, I play it super loud. So whether it's in headphones, whether it's in the car, for me, if I am working out and working through a mindset thing, I'll just turn it on super loud in the gym. Sometimes that's like better than me, better for the whole room to be blasting rather than just in my ears. Like it just feels more like I can jump around or kickbox or whatever it is. So use music. I have a playlist on my Spotify. I named it Unstoppable. And it's about 10 of my favorite songs that get me in a good mindset. Some of them apply more to different emotions, but in general for me, it's about getting the emotions out, thinking through it, working through it, and then getting back to a happy and strong place. First song on the playlist is Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys. You know, this girl, oh my God, I have the worst singing voice ever, especially right now at the end of the day. This girl is on fire is the first line of it. It's just like so strong and so powerful. Um, So this morning, I drove to Cedars to pick up Craig. This is He was able to come home after his second heart procedure. And it was the first time that I actually had a moment. Saturday morning, so it wasn't like business hours. When I was doing all this driving during business hours, I was working and doing calls and busy and, and doing um, appointments and um, talking with doctor's offices and getting getting labs transferred, all that kind of stuff. So this was the first moment that I was alone with my thoughts. I didn't have a big to-do list that I needed to get done. And I turned on the playlist. First song, This Girl Is On Fire came on. And it was the first time I had a good cry. Like I sang the song, I cried, I worked through the emotions. And the song's what, like three minutes? And that was it. That was the that was the cry that I kind of put on pause for a little bit. And it was like emotional. It felt like it felt like a great meditation or it felt like this great breath of fresh air just to like feel the feelings that had built up. And for me, having a song to go with it also feels like, hey, this is your moment. Go, 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 go. This is your moment. And then we move on. And I listened to the rest of the songs, but not like in the same kind of cry, get it out emotion. It was more like in the Let's get back to our strong, happy headspace. And those those are my two words, strong and happy headspace, because that's the most important to me. Your words might be a little bit different. Um, and the three-minute cry wasn't because I didn't have any um, more emotions about it, certainly, but that was enough. That was what I needed to feel the emotions and then move on from this song and try to get back to that headspace. I just love, love, love music as a tool for this. Another great tool, another great way to do this is journaling. Write down all the things, all the feelings and emotions, like get it all out. 
keep it in a place so nobody can see it so that you can just be honest and say the things and get them out, write it, write it all out. Maybe you type a journal. I have to handwrite it even though I'm slower at handwriting because I'm super fast at typing. But it just feels more like a process, like an emotional release. I love it. And I think that journaling can be a very powerful tool. And I love that these, for me, I think work best as a solo activity. The, The music, the journaling, I think it works the best solo. Then after that, after you do your journaling, I think you should get outside or do a workout. So get outside, get some vitamin D, go for a walk. A physical change is the best way to get a mental change. So maybe it's journal or listen to a song or cry or whatever it is. And then go move your body. Change up the situation. There is literally a 0% chance you won't feel at least a little bit better after doing the mental work and then the physical work. The key to all of this, the mental work and the physical work, like let that sink in. The key to all of this is to understanding this is your top priority every day. To manage your headspace means to manage your life. And you keep a continuous pulse on how you're feeling. So you don't wake up one day in this massive funk or worse, a depression, because every day you are hyper aware of how you feel. And when you're off, you work to fix it right away, like right away. I'm telling you, it's just the most important. I really hope this episode made you stop and think about the importance of your state of mind and how you can actively attend to it every day for overall better days, better days, better weeks, better years, and what I think all adds up to an overall happier life. I love concepts that take something so complex and make it actionable, right? Make it actionable. Tell yourself, my state of mind is the most important. And my most important job is to constantly monitor my state of mind. And when it gets off, I need to pause everything else and I need to get back to the state of mind that I want. Get back to that happy and strong headspace. And also to know that you can control your thoughts and you can limit your thoughts when you need to. And you can postpone the emotions associated when it's beneficial when it helps, when it helps to help in a situation or not make an exp- a situation more explosive, whatever it is. I really think that your state of mind is literally everything. And I really hope that this episode made you think of ways that you can apply this in your own life, the way you can think about and next time you feel that shift that happens to all of us all the time. I'm so irritated. I'm so annoyed. I can't shake this. You'll pause and you'll say, I'm going to work through this. Like I could take you a couple seconds, minutes, hours, whatever it takes. Everything is so much better if you don't let it pile up, right? If we suppress or ignore or, you know, we don't deal with the things as they come up. We're never, we're never, you can't shortcut it right? The only way to the other side is through it. So I think by dealing with those emotions as they are happening and dealing with your headspace right when it, right when you can tell that it's getting off, 
will bring so much value to your life. And I think that it will make everything, make everything better. And I think overall, you will walk around feeling this, this clarity, but also this, this, like you lose the heaviness, you know, you just kind of feel lighter because you're working through things all the time as they come up. So you're not going to bed with baggage. You're not carrying resentment. You're not carrying anger. You're not carrying, you know, regret about the past. You're dealing with things as they come up because we know the words that we say determine the the headspace, determines that environment that we live in. And that's why nothing is more important. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Ping me on Instagram. Let me know. Um, Screenshot this episode and share it on your stories and tag me and I'll repost it. I would love it. I love to see the, the different nuggets that people get from episodes and I love hearing the impact it makes on your daily life. And I love when you share because it helps our little podcast grow. Thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.